Hi, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome along to the latest episode of the Talent Intelligent Podcast. My name is Al McFadden. I'll be your host today. And today I'm delighted to have Brian Urquitt with me, who is the Vice President of Community and Workforce over at Northwell Health, based in the States. But he also hosts his own podcast, Cost Why I Left. And no pressure, Brian, when you've got to interview somebody who does a podcast. So we'll see how I get on. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me on the show. Really, really appreciate it. Brian, uh, I'd just like to tell the listeners today, I have, obviously, I get a lot of people on in the HRTA space that can be quite influential. And there's been two or three people recommended me to speak to you, you know, and I think that is key. Elena being one who was one of my last guests, but I think you've got a really unique story, unique background, obviously the experience as well. So I'm super excited about interviewing you today, but I think the biggest thing I always start with is, could you just give my listeners just a little bit of a background in your career and, and some of the roles that you've had up to now? Yeah, absolutely. Well, one, Alan, thank you for having me on the show. I'm actually a, a big fan of Elena as we keep in touch. And so I'm yeah. glad she she put me in touch with you. Yeah. So, you know, my background, I always like to joke around and say, look, I, I took the scenic route to kind of get to where I'm at currently. Um, traditionally, I'm, I came up as an attorney, right? And so I started out, uh, you know, went to, you know, undergrad, uh, law school and really tried to, you know, f- figure it out in in the legal in the legal world. And so what I did was, <clears throat> I graduated in '09, and I looked for jobs originally from I'm originally from Michigan, and so I was looking for roles in that state. But the problem was, you know, the market crashed in, in the states here in 2008. Yeah. And so 2009, we're always thought of as like the forgotten class. I think us and and ten are are, um, you know, people kind of forget about us. Uh, but we, I ended up coming to New York to try to make a way. And I didn't have anything in Michigan at the time and, and neither, I didn't have any type of opportunities. So I decided to, you know, come to New York and try to find opportunities. And so what I did was I started out uh, truthfully volunteering at a lot of different places. I was in the bankruptcy court. I was at uh, the commercial division in, in New York. Uh, so the New York courts here. And eventually I found my way into a small firm in New Jersey, which really helped me start kind of my career. And so I started in the labor and employment space, primarily employment. And I did that for about a year or two and then pivoted to um, uh, civil service work, right? So I was working at a large, uh, uh, the fire department here in in New York in an attorney attorney capacity. And it was great. Did that for about three years, pivoted to another agency overseeing investigations, uh, in this em- employment realm, and then eventually made my way to healthcare. And uh, I've, I've been been in healthcare ever since. I did the HR thing for a little bit. I was actually um, then kind of pivoted into more strategy and ops and then a former chief of staff type of role. And then now I'm in this, you know, workforce and community education space. So it's been, it's, it's like a nice zigzag. You know, I, I read an article probably a few weeks ago where they talked about non-linear career paths being the future. Yeah. And I swear the, the woman who wrote it was like, she touched my heart because that's, <laughs> that's exactly my story. My, not a, not a linear career path at all. Um, but it's been a lot of fun and I've learned a ton. I think um, it's quite strange, isn't it? I think I explained to you, I mean, my background was football, uh, soccer, uh, obviously in the US and then fell into a job doing gym work because it was naturally just the thing that athletes did at the time. And then fell into the world of recruitment somehow. And then I've been here for like the last 10, 15 years. But I think for me, it's mostly sometimes your calling eventually comes from 
I think we're all quite common and you need to care about people and the type of jobs that we do. And when you find that that once you get into them, once it inspires you, it's a job you never really leave because it's. I think you do need to have that. Same as Elena, she had that passion for people that just comes across, right? And I think that's where we, we seem to excel in jobs when we get to that position. And I think it kind of nicely brings me into the first question I had to ask you. So I know you started your own podcast called Why I Left. What what inspired you to do so? Was that based off of just the experiences that you've had over the years and that pivoting through your career? Or did you just feel as though it was something that people had to hear about after the pandemic? Yeah, I think it's a great question. You know, and obviously I I, I get that a lot. And so for me, it was, I think, a running theme throughout my career has been the people component, right? And it may seem kind of cliche, but it truthfully, that is what it is, right? I you know, being in an employment space, being in uh, HR, being in the investigative space, I've always been curious about why people do the things they do yeah. on the job, how leaders lead, why people leave. If like, is that is that a you know, is that something that we could have done better as an organization to help keep folks on the job? So that's been a consistent theme throughout my career. And so what I started to notice during the pandemic was, and I guess I should probably back up a little bit and say, during the pandemic, working in healthcare, I was really heavily involved in some of the redeployment efforts of team members to help with the COVID surge. And so I was really head down focused on all of that. And then you start, you know, I'm an article junkie, but you start seeing these things where all this mass exodus of folks leaving their jobs. I'm like, oh, wow, this is interesting, right? The world seems to be kind of burning around us and people would leave seemingly stable employment for what? And so I started to see all these articles that would talk about this. And you're familiar with how they how they typically go. They have some stats, yeah. you know, they give some information and then they have maybe one or two lines from somebody who who may have left. And so I started reading all these articles and felt really empty that, well, I, I think that person has a story to tell. And so eventually it became something, it was like almost grew to like a fever pitch where I was like, oh, wow, like, I wonder if people would want to tell this story. And one night I just couldn't fall asleep. And the idea just came to me. You know, I was like, I wonder why these people, oh, why I left? Oh, I should start a podcast, right? Why I left. And so, and so I, I truthfully between like 3 a.m. and 5 a.m., I actually wrote down the intro and then it was, you know, well, let me ask my wife, asked a couple of friends, like, do you think this is something? And they were like, yeah, I think, I think you, you should do it. And so I had no intentions of, of starting a podcast. It was just, you know, to be honest, I kind of nerded out on something and I wanted to see if people would tell their story because I wasn't seeing it elsewhere. Yeah. And to be in such a moment that the pandemic was slash is, why not have these people tell their stories? Because it's so much more than, than just like what's happening on the job, that's one component, but then you start hearing some of the reasons behind it. And, and you know, obviously I'm biased because I host the show, but uh, you hear these really rich stories of why people are making these moves. And so I'm happy that I did it. It's been a lot of fun. I've learned a ton of information, yeah. um, but that's really some of the reasons why I started it. You know, there were, you know, wasn't seeing something out there. I wanted to know more and I wanted to hear directly from the people who actually left. Right, it's amazing how many are good ideas come at three and five in the morning, isn't it? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but listen, I think that's the thing that's so refreshing about um about your podcast. It's it's not only educational, 
like I said, I tried to do that with this podcast as well, but I think at the time people needed their voice to be heard along, doesn't matter what um, walk of life you come from, no matter what jobs it is, you know, there's, the pandemic has no doubt changed everything, you know, it's, it's so different okay. to the way things work. Can I just ask from um, the kind of research you've did then over listening to people speak, etc., what do you think, has there been a kind of main trend of what made people move rogues after, after the pandemic? Yeah, you know, I think obviously, so, you know, different people have their different polls, right? And I had a really great interview actually with the the gentleman, Anthony Klotz, who actually coined the phrase great resignation. And he talks about these push and pull factors of why people leave. And, you know, the pull factors are really around, you know, money or uh, maybe another better location, yeah. better pay. But the push factors, right? When people were given so much freedom, right? And, and granted, everything was happening around us that it was, you know, it was a little crazy, right? You, you had yeah. to, if you had small kids, that was a struggle, right? If you were, if you lost your job, clearly that, that could have been a struggle. If you didn't know kind of how to fit in, in this remote landscape, that could have been a struggle. But one theme that I think has been consistent throughout is that when you give people this time to themselves, right? This time to think, this time to process yep. that people really start asking themselves, well, is this truly what I want to do? And there are folks who were really enjoying the work that they were doing, but didn't really recognize how much heads down they were in it, right? And so once they had this break and this opportunity to step back, then they said to themselves, well, you know what? Maybe this isn't something that I want to do. And I, I maybe, why not now to try something different? Because, you know, a lot of folks, when we talk about non-linear career paths, but think about folks who often have different things that they do on the side yeah. and that they're then able to make money off of. Um, people wanted to explore that and they figured why not now than, than any other time. And so yeah. that's what I've loved, loved to see. The other thing too, that I, I guess a major theme for the show, maybe not so much why people are leaving, but I think a, a theme for us as a species is that regardless, I mean, I'm talking with people all over the world, different, races, genders, ethnicities, all of the things. We are all so connected in this human experience. It's been beautiful to actually see and put out there in this space. Because, you know, we talk about, and there's a lot of, you know, uh, you know, banter about the differences and all, you know, there's always one thing against another thing. But when you really hear some of the stories that I'm talking about from people in, from Australia to England to Canada, we're all talking about the same stuff, right? Yeah. We're all impacted in the same way. And what I think, what I, and I didn't, I didn't think about this going into the show yeah. was that my show, I think, is showing folks that regardless of differences and, and ethnicities, genders, whatever the case may be, this, this thread of human experience is consistent through us all. Yeah, and it's a it's a beautiful thing to watch and and be a part of. It's interesting because obviously in the job that I do, we speak to thousands of businesses that we obviously represent from a recruitment point of view, and people always ask me the same question: Alan, do you think it's been a good thing or a bad thing, like remote working or getting people in the office and well being? And the answer to the question is honestly, there is like you said, the human experience. Everybody's different a lot of times. You know, it's like we we see people who. Take, like you said, having young kids for talking sake, all of a sudden people have now 
had that stress of having to dash home from the office and rush our traffic to get their kids from school, etc. They can go and be able to get kids and their well-being is automatically being affected by that and such. Like, I think it's such a, there was no blueprint for COVID, which I think right. was unusual. I also think that everybody experienced it, which is not something normally in day-to-day life that, that happens. And I think when the especially the job I'm in, when people ask me that question, it's always something I have difficulty articulating, whether it was a good thing or a bad thing. And, and all the people you speak to, do you see it has been, obviously the pandemic was terrible, but do you think what's happened over the other side of it has made us better as employers, as, as kind of managers, leaders of businesses? So I would, I'll talk from the employee side first and then go to the employer side. I think as... As an employee, I mean, I'm, I'm an employee too. And so speaking from that angle and hearing folks, I think the pandemic has been positive for people to start recognizing what it is that they truly want to do. Yeah, You know, and because one of the things, one of the premises of the show, and I'm, I'm very clear about, you know, I'm not, it's not about bashing employers or anything like that. And, you know, people burning bridges. No, no it's when we think about people leaving, it's about, I really want people to make better decisions so they get better workplace outcomes, whatever that is for you, whether that's yeah. that's within your current job. Like if, you, if you're looking for a promotion, I want you to feel comfortable in asking that. And here's some folks who you can hear about how they went about that. But if it's time for you to be a solopreneur, as an example, well, now I have some folks on there. Actually, the episode this week was, was about how you could go about that and, and really getting real about what that looks like. Yeah. So from an employee in, I think it's been great because people are really recognizing what they truly want and or need. And they're not afraid to either ask for it in their current places. And if they do ask for it, and let's say it's not given after a certain amount of time, being comfortable and looking elsewhere for that, or doing something themselves to get whatever it is they're looking for. Now on the employer side, the pandemic has been, I think, a little interesting uh, on that end. And the reason I'm kind of chuckling now is because what you're seeing across the landscape is now, you know, everyone, all the employers sent folks home during this time because, you know, obviously social distancing and all those things. And now you're starting to see and hear about the rollbacks of the remote work policies. But the problem is, and, and regardless whether it's in the US or elsewhere, when people are given you know, a certain amount of freedom to do certain things and still produce, right? You know, because look, you have your outliers that that are that may take advantage of the remote work opportunities. But for the most part, at least some of the things that I've been seeing and hearing, people are they're doing good work, right? And they're still producing and some are producing more yeah. than what they did because you don't have, to your point earlier around rushing home for the commute, if you don't have that hour commute on one on both ends, that's two extra hours that you in theory could work. Yeah. And so what I think employers are doing now is, is it's a bit heavy handed in the approach of rolling back some of these remote work policies. And you're seeing this huge kind of buck in the system between employers and employees about that because they're like, hey, wait a minute, you want us to come back. Is this really about real estate costs, right? Because you, yeah. have, all, you have all this space now and you need... You need people to be in it to, to justify us being there. Yeah. And so, you, you know, I've read a lot of articles where, and I'm truthfully, I, I, I think I commented on uh, on uh, one 
a writer's post where it was like, I'm just grabbing my popcorn because I'm waiting to see what happens. So I think employers across the board sometimes have been a little too heavy handed in rolling back some of these remote work policies. And that could cause an issue because now what happens is when you roll those those back and are forcing people to come in, now people are saying, well, wait a minute, I'm going to go somewhere else. Like, I don't have to do this, right? I can make more or less or doing somewhere else. Someone who has recognized, an employer who has recognized that we can actually do the work that we need. I maybe may be able to make the same salary I'm making, and I'm going to go there for this flexibility. And you're going to see a lot of that. Seems to be. I mean, it's very common in a lot of roles we speak to people about. You know, it's like, and as some companies, some candidates we speak to now purely say they will only work in remote environments. I don't know what you, your beliefs are on it, Brian, but obviously my my job's sales-driven. Like we can't hide away from targets, whether I'm sitting in the office, sitting in the house, et cetera. I think when the pandemic first happened and I was locked in my little one-bedroom flat myself for six, seven months, I would have bit the hand off you to go back to the office straight yeah. away. Once things started opening up and I could go play golf or go to the gym and I was working from home, I genuinely started seeing, started thinking more along the lines of, I don't have that hour and a half traveling to Glasgow where I'm from every day before I even start my day. And then dreading the hour and a half drive home when I could probably spend that time being more productive. So every time I speak to now candidates, I think they've took that same type of belief. You know, I think they think if I can do my job and have that work-life balance that helps even the, the basic problems in life, like traveling to the office, et cetera, but also see the value in like, my team here. We always make an effort because of where we are. We're lucky enough to do it and where we are in Scotland that we can all reach the office. But I do see the benefits of having everybody in the office at the same time as well, because we can, especially me being a team lead, four or five people can ask me questions at once rather than try to get me on a Zoom call or a Teams call. So I do, I see the benefits in both. And that's why I was quite, Interested in that question for you because you must speak to people who are genuinely now probably leaving jobs because they don't have that that remote aspect of life. I would imagine. Yeah, you you know, and um, even for me, like I'm I'm a fan of the hybrid piece, right? And so I think there is huge value to being in person pressing palms, kissing babies, right? Like being, <laughs> being there and uh, with other people, right? This human connection piece is really important. Um, but I also think like if there's a time, oh, I've got a bunch of meetings that I can do online. I don't need to go sit in my office and be online all day, you know? And so so I think there's, there's, a, there's a healthy balance that folks have to find. And truthfully, every person, every department, organization is gonna be different. For the folks that I've been been talking to, um, you know, some of the remote work piece hasn't necessarily, it's come up a little bit. I think what what people are recognizing, especially in, in the first season, you know, I'm in the second season now, yeah. but it was when they, because a lot of the, the first season conversations were about, you know, when we uh, first kind of went remote. Now we have all this because everybody was figuring it out, even employers, like what are we actually even doing now, right? And so folks had a lot of time on their hands to really think and consider what what it is that I'm actually up to. And so what you see in here now is you have folks who were able to, whether they had kids or not, right? But even they have significant others, 
remote work gave them an opportunity to spend more time with them, right? And not necessarily people aren't taking the folks I'm talking, they're not taking advantage of this, but it's more like, let's say you work seven out seven hours in a day. Yeah. Nobody is working all seven hours in that you day. You need to have lunch. <laughs> no, like, nobody's doing that, right? Yeah. And so as opposed to like going to the water cooler and having lunch in a little kitchenette, People are like, oh, take this 30, 45 minutes and they'll have lunch with their husband, wife, significant other and how meaningful that is, right? Yeah. Like you get, you didn't, you don't see them for like, you see them from like, you know, depending on when you start, right? Maybe from, from like five to 7 a.m. And you don't see them again until like maybe after five or six. Yeah. But now having that opportunity, you hear, you've seen, you know, some strengthening of relationships. Now, granted, there's been some other opposite ends of the spectrum too, right? Too much time home has caused yeah. some other issues, right? Uh, I won't dig into that, right? But uh, uh, specific uh, but, subject, exactly different, different subject. But um, yeah. but you know you've had you've had these these opportunities for folks to to really strengthen some of their connections with their obviously significant others and really even kids. I've heard some really good stories about I had one woman, season one, who talked about if she didn't have this time with her, her child, she wouldn't have recognized some of the learning disabilities that were, that her son was having. And I thought that was really beautiful, her beautiful for her to mention, because it then allowed her to say, Hey, well, now I need to get this, this kid, the services that, that they need. And I, and I don't know if I would have saw that if I was still doing, you know, my hustle and bustle. And so you, you know, when you hear stories like that, and I'm, I'm a parent as well, um, it's beautiful because the the pandemic then gave you that opportunity to recognize something for you to you know take better better care of your of your of your son. I think um, Ryan C and you know I was about to ask you kind of from your research and things you've been speaking to people what advice you would give employers, but I think for me I suppose it's more when you get it right. I suppose it's a results based game we live in. If even if you have somebody who isn't completely committed or they want to leave to go do an old job, you haven't really lost out in anything because that employee would have probably left at some point anyway because you weren't being quite fulfilled. Do you think people are getting better results out of employees by giving hybrid kind of options to work then? But you see from your experience of speaking to people, that is what you genuinely see at the moment. Personally, yes, right? I think, um, you know, there's a lot of funny articles out there that talk about like, hey, we don't need 12 different flavors of cold brew and a ping pong table just to increase engagement and increase productivity. What we want is more flexibility, right? And so what I do think is that when employers are are comfortable and able to provide that workforce flexibility, that people really genuinely appreciate that. Like, you know, the news you know, we all know what sells, right? It's it's like two different ends of the spectrum, right? Obviously negativity really sells. And so you hear stories of people, you know, burning bridges and doing all those things. And, and, and granted, yeah, that happens. But I think the vast majority of people who are given the opportunity to work in a hybrid model, they're appreciative of that. Yeah. And they don't take advantage of it in the sense that they're just, you know, not, you know, doing whatever it is that they need to do. But they then say, hey, the employer has given me this opportunity. I'm going to knock out what I need to knock out in the, you know, let's be honest, the two or three hours that it probably takes for me to do that. Yeah. And then I'm able to do whatever it is afterwards. And you have you have bosses who are 
much more flexible as well. I think that's a that that's a a piece that that is interesting that you all may be interested in exploring as well is how are leaders now responding to this new hybrid workforce? Because I see a lot of things around the challenges of leading a remote team, yeah. right? Someone's you know on the west coast or you know northeast or whatever, or even overseas, right? How do they lead this remote team? And so what's interesting to watch and, and just kind of see unfold is how leaders are now adapting to this. And not everyone's doing a good job, right? Not everyone's doing a good job, but, but you see folks genuinely trying. And I commend those who are genuinely trying to like say, hey, we want to be flexible. We want to, we want to provide this to our team members. Here's how we can do it. You know, it may not be perfect. There's going to be some bumps along the way. Um, but but you see folks and you see organizations at least trying. So I think the communication with the employees is key. You know, I think over the last two roles I've been in, certainly the role here, the communication part is absolutely key. It's finding out what motivates members of your team. Like we said, I think, like you mentioned there, Brian, most, no matter what job we do, there's some sort of timeline, target, whatever needs done. There's always something. We can always be measured, I believe. In the modern day world, it's just more, some people need different things. And I think the advice I've heard from most people on our podcast is, is having that open communication with your teams to make sure that you understand what, what's working for them, what isn't, et cetera. But I'm in total agreements with you. I think that for me, it's been a positive thing because there is so much good came from, and such a tragic thing that happened right. off the other side of it. I remember being before the pandemic, if you'd have said to me that I was giving 10 of my sales team a chance to go home, I'd had a heart attack, I think. <laughs> but when you actually see that that it works, you know, I think it's been something, it's been it's been a, a positive for a lot of us. So, Brian, listen, I know I've took up a little bit of your time already, but I really appreciate it. I think it's such a unique thing that you're doing. Honestly, I love listening to the episodes of it because I genuinely believe people need a voice. Similar to this podcast, I love having people yourself on to educate the marketplace, but I'll, I love listening to your episodes. I think there's always something I leave the podcast with before I let you go, a little bit of fun, but if you could go back, and I know you're similar to me, you've had different experiences through life, yeah. um, but what would be the one bit of advice you'd give yourself, kind of leaving, leaving school, leaving high school and thinking, what would be the one bit of advice you would give yourself now if you could go back? Oh, that's a good one. Um... <laughs> Most, I, most people say keep it clean. Yeah, oh, I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep it clean. I, 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 I do. I do have a vulgar piece of advice, but I'll hold that. Hold yeah. on to that one. But um, don't tell me that off the camera. I'll tell you that one off camera. <laughs> um, but I would, I would say to my younger self that, you know, you mentioned high school. I would say, look, no matter what, just keep going. Love it. Yeah, that's it. Easy, isn't it? You come up with so many. I think, and it's an old cliche, you sound like me, I read a, read a lot of books, but you learn more from your feelings than you do the stuff you're good at, don't you, and the things you win at. So, perfect way to end the show. Ryan, thank you again for your time. And thank yeah, you. Catch up soon. Take care. Definitely. Thank you. You too.